Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so... Thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! And now the pitch by Martinez is option in and hits Gerald Williams on the left hand. Dig your cleats in. Now he's going to charge the mound. He's going to charge Martinez, and the fight is on. He got a right hand in before he's grabbed from behind by Baratek, and now the benches are empty. It's time for Hour 2 of the Hot Corner with Patrick Harris. Yerzhinsky wanting to know, am I going? He is going. And Mike Lynch. It is a collision at the plate, and Yerzhinsky not only bangs into Barrett, bangs onto the plate, and here they go. Step up to the plate for Hour 2 of the Hot Corner. Posenda getting into it with Barrett. I mean, there is some hooking going on in the bottom of two piles. On 1080. Solid contact right there. The fan. Sean trying to jinx his own team early in a game. No, I'm just pointing it out. I mean, are you are you guys a are you guys a believer in the yes. so I brought that up. So we're going to the bottom of the fourth here, and Justin Dunn, one of our young pitchers, hasn't allowed a hit yet. And I don't get serious about it till you get to the sixth or seventh. Sixth inning, yep. So I'm not saying anything like that, but I did bring it up to you and you immediately played the jinx card on me. So as baseball guys, <laughs> you guys you, how do you feel about the no-hitter jinx? You yeah, buy that? I uh, buy into it a 1,000%. Yep, yeah. I'm right there with Mike. Yeah, don't say a damn thing about it. Right? Do not say anything. And it bothers me that the announcer, like the like Dave Sims, will openly talk it. Like in the third inning, he'll, I guarantee you he's talking about it right now. Hey, no-hitter, you know. And then he'll talk about the jinx and say, tell you how stupid it is. And he'll talk about how he called. Oh, shut up, Dave <laughs> He'll talk Sims. about how he called Felix's perfect game. And Back in my about, day. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But I kind of I kind of feel that way too. I don't I would subscribe to the no hitter jinx. Yeah, there there's something special going on tonight. Yeah, exactly. There's ways to beat around the bush. Yeah. Like just read the stat line and people will obviously get it. Like he's uh walked zero guys, give up zero hits, and right. we're in the seventh inning here, and it's like, oh haven't allowed okay. anybody on base. And yet. the Mariners lead right. three nothing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. You can say literally anything but perfect game or no hitter. Don't say it. Do not say those two phrases. All right. The commentator jinx is a thing in all sports. Y- you can say no hits allowed. I think um, that might be borderline, but it's like, if you're trying to be coy, it's like, Oh, you know, we're into the eighth inning and the opposing team does not have a hit yet. 
you could say that, right? right? But do not say he's got a no hitter going. You said Justin Dunn is his name. Do not say Justin Dunn has a no hitter. Don't say that. Right. Yeah. Because then you're going to get the bloop, the lawn dart to left. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> First pitch of the next batter. Right. Blooped in the left field, diving attempt, and it falls in for a base hit. Uh, there goes the no-no. That would be the worst. Thank you for jinxing it, Dave Sims. All right, so Mariners this year. You say they're going to be bad. We know that. Oh, yeah. I mean, we all knew that. They're not trying. Um, we had a fun text conversation last night where I saw Daniel Vogelbach for the first time. He is large and in charge, he's, larger than normal. He's bigger than normal, yeah. I made the comment that he looks like he ate another Dan Vogelbach. <laughs> he ate the good one, if there ever was one. <laughs> um, what, what do you got going on for the M's this year? What are you looking for? Because it's going to be a bad year. You got a six-man rotation. You got an awful, awful bullpen. You got Kyle Lewis up. You got Evan White up. You know, Justice Sheffield's still down there in the minors or in no, the Sheffield, taxi squad. Sheffield pitched last night. Oh, he's a starter? Okay. Yeah. Um, Mr. Th Captain three innings. <laughs> what are you looking for? Did he walk nine guys again? Uh, no, it, well, it's funny. He didn't, he whoa. had a, whoa. Well, there goes the what perfect game. there? That's a bad throw by a shortstop. J.P. Crawford. J.P. Crawford. Like. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to get, has this happened yet? Have we had anybody blame a bad throw or a bad play on the mask yet? I haven't seen that. No, yet. no, I don't think so. Because Crawford has the whole, like, it's April in Chicago thing going. He's got the whole. Although his nose is out, so he's not doing it correctly. That was a terrible throw. It is a terrible throw. And look at Evan White. Almost got it down. Hey, Dusty Baker is going like full-blown everything. He's got the mask, the gloves, gloves on. Yeah. Well, he's very old. Yes. So he, yeah. I don't blame him. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, what are you looking for in the Mariners? Season? All right. So, the Mariners, the 60-game the season is a double-edged sword for the Mariners. They're not good. This, is, this was not the plan to be good. They're not trying to be good. And so you can look at it two ways. The 60-game season is a blessing. Because I don't have to endure 100, uh, 102 more games of them being bad. But it's also a negative because part of this season, and a lot of the names you just mentioned, the whole point of this season for these guys is we're starting to now see this wave of talent. The Mariners, as you all know, uh, tore it down two years ago. And they tore it down to the studs. It's the first time in their franchise history that, that I'm aware of that they really went all the way through with it. They've always kind of tinkered with that halfway on the fence halfway off the fence and this in that year they really tore it down they, got they had a terrible farm system so they kind of had to rebuild horrible it. farm system and part of that is previous management part of that is uh depoto now is a tinkerer he likes to he likes to trade and move guys around so they were really they were old they weren't that good they had a horrible farm system and so they really tore it down to the studs and this season is the first season where we're starting to see some of those players come up now and play we were talking about it. Kyle Lewis was our first-round draft pick in 2016. He's a full-time starter now. So we're good. he came up in September last year. But from day one, this is his first year in the big leagues playing every day. Evan White, the first baseman, was a first-round pick uh, two years ago. And he's the guy, if you remember, the Mariners signed to that big six-year contract. He had never been above double-A. And he gets thrown into the mix now as the first baseman of the future. So he, he's out there. Some of these other guys done tonight on the mound. Justin Sheffield um, is up on the team. Shedlong is a guy they want to be their second baseman. J.P. Crawford is the shortstop. So we're starting to see some of these young guys who are ticketed to be part of this future Mariner resurgence that they're saying is a year or two away. Uh, the frustrating thing is the, the real talent, the really high-prized talent guys are still a year or two away. They're, right. They're not going to make their clinic and what is Rodriguez is another yeah, guy? Julio Rodriguez and all the pitchers they've been loading up on pitching. And those guys are probably a year away. 
And so this short season, this COVID season, probably, and I don't know what that's to be debated. Does it stunt their growth? What does that do to the development? They're not a lot. They're not playing against anybody else. They're in Tacoma. They're playing inner squad games. So they are getting some reps, but it's, it's kind of a weird year because this is, this was a development year where you were going to start to see these pieces come up and get some reps at the big league level. We're not going to see that this year. We're going to have to wait a year and what that does to the long-term plan. I don't know. Does it push everything back or not? So what I'm looking for as a Mariner fan this year, they're not going to be good, right? We know that even with the expanded playoffs, they're not going to challenge for it. Their bullpen is hideous. Their pitching isn't that good. All the young talent up isn't here yet. So what I want to see is I want to see those guys that are supposed to be part of the future. I want to see Kyle Lewis play. I want to see Evan White play. I want to see Dunn pitch. I want to see those guys succeed so that when that next wave comes in, they're kind of already established a little bit. And so that's really what I'm looking for in these 60 games. Um, And we'll see what happens. Out of all the players that you mentioned, including the ones in the taxi squad, who are you most excited about for the future? Uh, Kelnick and Rodriguez okay. are the two, and they're the one and two prospects. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, young outfielder, and uh, Jared Kelnick is the guy they got from the Mets. He was the Mets highly talented. For Edwin Diaz, right? Uh, yeah, and the Diaz-Cano deal. And by all accounts, those two are legit. Yeah, the Mets probably regret that. Diaz oh still gosh. sucks out there. Those Cano is fine, but way too much money. Diaz is, what happened to right. Sugar Diaz? Those two guys are really, really good. They're loaded with talent. Everybody Rodriguez? Uh, he was a international signing. We mm. signed him as a teenager out of the Dominican Republic, I believe. Uh-oh. That's gone. Yeah. Oh, all right. Shohei Otani threw in home run. Why are you celebrating that? <laughs> he, I, he says I, to Joe. I literally, I'm, I know that he hasn't had a great start, and I just said to myself mentally in here, like, man, what if he knocks the three-run home run right that now? That sucks. <laughs> we don't want that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't like well, him. I'm kind of happy for him. You don't I mean. like Otani? No, I hate him. Why? Because he's screwed a bit of Mariner. He spurned us to sign with the Angels. Well, he spurned a lot of people. But... Well, he sucks. Look at that exit velocity. Yeah. Well, it's ridiculous. Anyway. That's yeah, no Giancarlo Stan. <laughs> so the guys that I'm excited for are Kelnick and Rodriguez. Those are the, I'm all in on them. I think they're going to be really good. Every single person out there, they're highly rated on just about every list. The stuff I've seen of them so far is very well. Um, they're... I think they're both going to be really good, and I'm excited that I get them both in the outfield here within a year or two. Um, Pair them with Kyle Lewis, and that's the outfield of the future? That's what the, That's what I hope. That's what mm-hmm. I, I hope. That's the big three out there. And then um, they've loaded up on pitching the last couple of years. That's who they've been drafting in the first round, and so we have a couple of arms down in, uh, down in the minors that are supposed to be good. So I'll say this for, for Mariner fans. There is talent. It's coming. Um, that's exciting, but you and I both know that not everybody's going to pan out and it's a different level when you get to the major leagues. So if we can get two or three or four of those guys to, to pan out and then we make some moves and fill in some veterans and things, I think the Mariners could be interesting here in a year or two. One final one before we go. Do you have trust in the organization that in a couple of years, whenever whoever it is that pans out comes up and is part of the team, that they will become a playoff contender on a regular basis? No. I want to say yes, but again, nothing that they've done as a franchise. And the, and whenever I say this, I always get the, well, this is a new this is new ownership. This is DePoto. This is his plan. We'll see. But no longer is it the Nintendo guys who didn't care, right? Right. Nothing they've done as a franchise would lead me to believe that the answer is yes. But I will say this. They have a plan. 
and DePoto is executing it very well. If some of these guys can pan out, what he the blueprint he is following should work. But they're the Mariners. So I'm cautiously optimistic. Again, talent is coming. That's undeniable. Talent is coming. Whether or not they can gel and put it all together. I mean, look what the Astros did, right? They're, part of what the Astros did on paper was should have worked. But the reason it did work is because Altuve and Correa and Springer and all those guys they got all turned out to be good. So if Kelnick and Rodriguez and... Kyle Lewis and all those guys turn out to be good. The plan should work. But the, the thing with the Astros that I remember is that none of the starters they got panned out. Right. They had to go fill that gap free agency and trades because they they drafted what was it Appel and another guy back to back years one overall neither panned out. Right. So they have now they've got a couple of guys who have come up who are pitching, but that's since they've been good again. Um, players do fail. So you just got to hope that the players that come up and are good are like the level of Bregman and Altuve and all those guys. Look, nobody is – there's no saltier Mariner fan than I am. Nobody's more pessimistic about the Mariners than I am. You know that. And I'm optimistic. I don't know if that's true. There's probably a lot of pessimistic Mariner fans. I'm optimistic for the future. Talent is coming, and I'm excited to watch it play. The guys that are here now uh, are fun to watch. Um, I love Kyle Lewis. I think Evan White's going to be good. The guys that are coming, I'm excited to watch. It's just going there – the next year or two is going to be rough. I think uh, two teams that you should, as a Mariner fan, look at uh, to try to follow are the White Sox and the Reds. Both teams did a teardown. Both teams got young talent, got good draft picks, and uh, then started slowly adding in guys through trades and free agency. And like the White Sox now, I think, are going, they're about a year away. I think the White Sox are good. They'll probably make the playoffs in the new expanded playoff format. Um, but they got, you know, Moncada for Chris Sale and Tim Anderson is really good. And they got Lucas Giolito in a trade and they just got young talent and some of them panned out. Some of them didn't, but now they're actually a pretty threatening team. Sure. Same with the Reds who are a world series, uh, a hot pick for betters well, yeah, all, all year. Sleeper pick, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I kind of view that as, as any team's goal should be following that. What the Astros did was to an even more extreme level than what the Mariners are doing. I mean, Astros lost 100-plus games like three or four years in a row. And they cheated. True, after the fact. But, yes, I'm just saying in terms of building a team, what they did was even more extreme. Right. And it worked out. Um, but other teams are trying to do it in a way that isn't so <laughs> terrible for sure. their fans. Sure. All right, let's get into the COVID issues with the baseball's restart so far. The Miami Marlins, um, there's not a lot of them left. They're not Look, dead, but they're, they're, they're sick. Just keep Donnie baseball safe. Well, he might be one of the ones that has it. Who knows? I don't want. We don't want Donnie Mattingly getting COVID. No, of course not. Uh, we'll talk about that and what the MLB's failings were there and what we see moving forward. Next, Hot Corner with Lynch and John and Joe today on The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Eight twenty-four Wednesday evening, hot corner. Patrick is out this week. He'll be back next week. It is I, Mike Lynch, John Tukanix in the building, Joe Fish here as per usual. And uh, we got to start talking about COVID a little bit here. So baseball season begins, and we're all excited, right? We're all huddled around the TVs watching games that aren't even our teams playing because we just want to watch baseball. I, I heard you say something earlier today. I think maybe it was yesterday, but you were talking about how you kind of. 
you kind of be, were numb to baseball being gone and didn't realize how much you missed it till yeah. it came back. And then the moment it came back, you were like, oh my gosh, I missed baseball. Yep. That was yesterday. Yeah. That's 100% how I felt. Well, you could be like me and be like, oh, great. Baseball's back. Oh, we suck. And oh, wait, we're the two and one. Oh, wait, we're not playing because we were supposed to play the Marlins. So. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of ebbs and flows in this early season for well, me. Well, that's going to, I think that's going to be the COVID season, which is what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that is actually what I said. I was totally fine without baseball, right? I missed it, but I was like, ah, okay. Well, I'd rather have a full season. All right, let's just wipe it and start next year. I felt the same way. Give me 162 games full season. And then it came back, and I watched Garrett Cole pitch, and I went, oh, oh, oh throw that slider again, Garrett. <laughs> Um, Whoa. <laughs> uh, I got very excited clearly. clearly and uh, I've watched a lot of games I've watched basically anything that's on TV and there's been plenty because what other sports are on at this point although NBA comes back tomorrow um, uh, I just been watching whatever game is on TV right like I watched Dodgers Giants like four times because all four games were on TV sure um, I've, I've watched some Mariners games I've watched a, a ton of baseball and um, I'm all excited and then you get the news on Sunday night, was it? I think it was Sunday. Four Marlins tested positive for COVID. And you go, well, S. All right. What are the protocols, right? Do they have to isolate? Do they have to do the contact tracing? And then the news starts to leak out. The Marlins held a team meeting, a player-only meeting, to decide whether or not they should play the Phillies in the final game after four positive tests came across. And you sit there and you go, What? They held a players-only meeting to decide this, and 30-year-old veteran Miguel Rojas, who I guess is their captain, decided, yeah, we're going to play. What's the protocol? Right. Go to MLB and say, what do we do? No, apparently the protocol is nothing. It's, ah, we'll figure it out. The protocol is ask Miguel. Uh, well, Miguel said we're going to play. And play they did, and they beat the Phillies that game too. Um, then the next day, more tests come back. At least 12 players have COVID on the Marlins, 12 players and staff. And you're like, oh, my God. Okay. And then you get more news. And it's like, oh, they they can't leave now. They're supposed to go back to Miami. Now they're quarantined in a Philadelphia hotel. How does this affect the Phillies, who they just played? They have to get tested. They can't even go to their stadium. Who's playing the Phillies next? Oh, the Yankees. Guess what? That game is postponed. Uh, who was playing the Marlins next? The Orioles. Oh, that game is postponed. Uh, what was after that for the Phillies? They were going to fly to New York. Nope, that's canceled. The Yankees and Orioles don't have anybody to play. Play each other. Just go to Baltimore and play each other. That's not even on the schedule, but it's happening right now. Um, and then the Marlins get even more positive tests. They're up to 18 now, positive tests, which is over half of their active roster. And they have been suspended, or their play has been suspended until at least Sunday. So the news came out later in the week that no other team has a positive test, including the Phillies. That's good. There's an incubation period where you don't test positive, so they're going to have to keep being tested just to be safe. Um, so that's good. The MLB avoided a really big issue. But the biggest thing for me, and I said this with primetime, I think it was on Monday, is or Tuesday, Rob Manfred better kiss his stars that this happened in the beginning of the year because the Marlins only played one team. One. Yep. What, Whatever the protocols were, the Marlins either completely disregarded them or they didn't exist to the point where Miami didn't know what to do other than decide on their own what, whether they were going to play with four players with COVID or not, right? To me, that is the most moronic thing of all time. If you're setting up a non-bubble league to play in a pandemic, first time ever, so yeah, you're going to have some flaws here and there, 
but you either don't have protocols or you don't have any punishments for a team that messes up and it just goes against whatever you said. That's a joke. So thank God it happened in the first week where only one other team was, was exposed to them or else imagine if they had played three series and then we get the positive test back. And then how many teams have played each other after that and are affected? It's a massive issue that, Rob Manfred should be taking a lot more heat for than he is. Well, didn't it come out right before they started this quote season? Didn't didn't wasn't it a, a minor story circulating around that some of the players on player reps on the teams were concerned that it really wasn't a plan? They hadn't really heard. Do you remember hearing this? I did not hear that. No. I, I want to say that there was some stuff going around and it didn't really have much traction. But I want to say that there were a few player reps that that came out and said, look, we're supposed to start the season here pretty soon. And we really don't know all the plans in place to try to, like you were talking about protocols and, and what to do if this happens and what to do if that happens. So it doesn't really surprise me that they didn't have a good idea. And I totally agree with you that they're lucky this happened early because I think teams will now and the league will now start to come up with what do we do if ABC happens. But this is the thing when when baseball came back and like you said basketball's getting ready to come back football's trying to NHL to, soon as well to start these are this is unavoidable I think if if you look at the pandemic and what it does I think this is unavoidable and I think you're fooling yourself if you think you can play an entire season without I don't think this will be the last flare up we see I think we'll see another one and I think we'll see one in basketball I think we're going to see a bunch in football just because of the nature of the sport the virus doesn't care. Yeah. You know, they don't care about sports. And so I think, I think this is just the beginning and we'll see, like you said, if, if it's these manageable flare ups that they can deal with or what happens if it be, what if it's not just the Marlins? What if it's three teams? What if it's five teams? Then I, mean, I think you have to seriously consider stopping the season big time because that's too many teams with too many other teams that they've played in close contact and all that kind of stuff. The one thing I disagree with you on is I think basketball will be able to succeed. They've had two straight testing runs over the course of the last three or four weeks, zero positive tests. I think the bubble can work. Um, that's not to say that there might not be one or two positive tests because there are people from outside the bubble that are entering it, you know, restaurant workers, stuff like that. But generally, I feel like what they've done is smart. The NHL is even going to a safer country in Canada and using two bubbles. I think they'll be okay. They've also had no positive tests. Any sport that's doing a non-bubble restart is going to have flare-ups. And Rob Manfred, I'm sure, expected this to happen at some point. Um, I think what – actually, we got a break. I'll tell you what I think needs to happen next to manage this better moving forward because the way Manfred did this just made no sense to me. Um, we'll get to that next. First, Joe Sports. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. So here's what I think baseball should do moving forward. I think that what happened with the Marlins was an extreme revealing of a flaw. That was a massive flaw in the system. Like I said, Rob Manfred should be kissing his lucky stars that it happened in the first weekend of the season um, so that not a lot of other teams were affected. But there's a couple of routes I think they can go. I don't know if they will do this because they haven't done it yet. A lot of players are wearing masks, right? But what we've seen in the dugouts 
it's frankly not a lot of people social distancing. There's still high fives. There's hugs, a lot of celebrations. It's as if there's no pandemic. You can require masks everywhere but the field. You can even require in the field if you want, but you know, you're distanced out there. So, you know, you can, and you're outdoors, right? right? Um, you can require masks in that situation. You can also have someone on each team or send someone to the teams to make sure that they're following all the protocols correctly. Because there's a couple of things, there's a couple of rumors around the Marlins that maybe they went to a strip club party after their final preseason game against the Braves in Atlanta, went to Philly, and maybe that's how it spread. It's a rumor, no reports on it, but you know, it's out there. Um, there's the thought that maybe they just were completely going against the rules in the clubhouse and just doing whatever they wanted. Um, if that's the case, the strip club thing is just them being an idiot, um, them being idiots. But if that's the case in the clubhouse, have people in the clubhouse enforcing the rules so that you can actually have a season. Cause what is the most important thing right now? Having a full season to the best of your ability. So either require masks in the dugout, make sure there's people there enforcing the rules or do some combination of both. I think that's the best step for the MLB moving forward because that will severely limit the spread of the virus within a team if it starts to spread again. And we won't get another 18-plus people in one team with the COVID. Well, master strategist Scott Service came out um, during the, when this Marlin thing broke over the weekend. Master strategist. <laughs> <laughs> so, What's the most strategic thing he has ever done? Uh, nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> so write, uh, write Kyle Lewis's name into the lineup. Um he came out this weekend as the Marlin thing was blowing up. And that really, the Marlin thing was crazy. It felt to me a lot like, I remember way back when this whole thing started blowing up and we had that day where the NBA shut down and it felt like every half an hour there was more news. Yep. That's what the Marlin thing felt to me. Like over the course of that weekend, it was four, then eight, 12, 14, coaches, this, that. Games are canceled. Yankees are canceled. The whole thing. They had talked to service. And he came out and said, look, I admit it. We are not doing as good as we should. And what he was saying was, like, outside of the field and stuff, we're wearing masks and doing all that stuff. On the field, he's like, I'll be the first one to admit we're not doing a good enough job. And like you said, we're not social distancing in the dugout. You know, we're high-fiving, we're hugging, we're doing this. And so he came out and said, "I have, we have to be better. We need to take a look at what we're doing. The Marlins have given us an example for what can go wrong. And we have to take a look at what we're doing. Now, I haven't heard any follow-up from the Mariners. I don't know if they've changed their operations on game day. I don't know what they're doing different. But he came out and said, over the first few games of the season, we are not doing as well as we could. And you know that's probably a majority of the teams in the Major League Baseball. I think, like you said, Manfred should should bank his lucky stars. This happened early. I think every team in baseball should because hopefully it's a wake-up call to them. And they look at, like you said, they're not in a bubble like the NBA or the NHL, they are in a situation where you can't control all the outside factors. You're so staying in hotels, you're right? flying on planes. I mean, yeah. So hopefully they do look at this and say, hey, we need to do you know X, Y, and Z better in order to try to keep this in control. So hopefully baseball um, can learn from this little outbreak. Like you said, it seems to have been quelled. It's not really of. a little outbreak. It's a pretty big outbreak, but just on I one I just team. meant one team, Yeah, right? Yeah. I just meant within one team. If you get multiple teams, like you said, the sport's in trouble. But I think one team, they seem to have been able to quell it. Um, hopefully the other teams have learned from it, and we can start to get some uh, protocols in place and some teams doing things a little bit differently. And um, maybe that's the last 
one of these that we see over the next 55 games or 54 games that whatever's left. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff, it's like natural tendencies of a baseball player, you know, spitting, you know, and right. I mentioned earlier, Dusty Baker, he's gloved up, masked up. But I was watching that Dodgers Astros game. And sure enough, I saw him lift up his mask to spit out some tobacco onto the field. And it's like, well, that's, He's going to have to learn not to do that because I'm pretty sure one of the rules or protocols that they want is no spitting. Yeah, the problem is, is tobacco's addicting. So. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so it's like some of you know, yeah, that's that's a little bit different, a chemical dependence there where, where like some of the rules, again. Like sunflower seed stuff, that's just that's a, choice. Yeah, exactly. So Although I'm sure some players would say they depend on those as well. Hey, <laughs> those Dave, can be pretty addicting. Dave well, Seeds, get me some ranch. I'll right? throw a bag in a few mm. minutes. You but know? Even, even little things, I mean – not to be st- even little things like spitting. Like, how do you in the in the heat, you know, the heat of the moment? How do you convince? You've been playing baseball since you were eight years old. You know, you leg out a double and you get up and spit. How do you train yourself to not do that? Good thing uh, David Ortiz isn't playing anymore. It is right on right? his hands as he goes up to bat. <laughs> right? Know? How do you train? How do you train yourself to not do that in the heat of the moment? It's it's crazy. Yeah, you probably can't train yourself. And that's why it's so hard. You just, I mean, we've all failed constantly. I mean, all of us listening to like, how many times have you touched your face? Oh, numerous, right? I'm, I'm barely even like stopping myself from doing it anymore because I can't control it. When I made an effort to stop it, I realized how often I was doing it. And I'm like, how I, it's so subconscious, right? You're just like, Oh, I got a scratch in my nose or whatever. And it's like, what am I supposed to do? Right? So, I mean, there's stuff like that. That's, that's really difficult, but if you try your best in the dugout, then I think that is something that can work. Uh, I just don't think a lot of the teams are trying their best. It's almost as if they're like, hey, baseball's back. Okay, let's go play. Sure. And some people are wearing masks, and some people are doing the elbow bumps and all that. But, I mean. Well, there is there is a little, you know, and, and in no way am I making light of it, but there is a little bit of a, you know, I, I heard it called the kindergarten factor, you know, with with COVID, right? Wear a mask, wash your hands, don't spit, don't, you know, mm. you, like you're teaching a bunch of kindergartners, right? You know, don't touch each other, leave each other alone, you know, wash your hands, clean your face, you know, that kind of thing. And so I think there is something to that when you get into a dugout with grown men who are professional athletes. Yeah. I mean, who's screw gonna, authority? Hey, yeah. Mike, hey, Mike Trout, right? Make sure your hands are clean. You know, I think there might be a little bit of that, which is kind of, you know, when Scott Service is saying, you know, hey, we're not doing what we should be doing. I think there is a little bit of a, these guys are adults. It's a very it, human reaction too. Exactly. Just, I guess oh, that's you're going to tell I'm, me to wash my hands. Screw that. I guess that's what I'm getting to. It's a very yeah. human reaction. And so hopefully they look at what happened with the Marlins and then kind of refocus in a little bit and prevent it from happening again, or at least try the best they can. And I don't know if this is what spurned, I mean, it was the Marlins thing that spurned the conversation, but apparently around 8 o'clock, Jeff Passan reported that MLB requiring teams to add coronavirus protocol compliance officers. Oh, I am in. Exactly what I said. Can I apply Can I apply for this? <laughs> Dude, I'm a code enforcement officer. This is what I do. I mean, I, I guess. I, I drive around and make people follow silly rules. This literally, I have 22 years of experience doing this. All right, John, are you really going to go yes. into the pink and look at Kyle Lewis yes. and say, Kyle, stop. You got that right. No, I might watch Kyle Lewis. You're going to say, oh, my God, Kyle Lewis, can you sign an autograph for me? Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my Listen, God. Kyle, Don't wear a mask. It's okay, Kyle. I love you. We can do this the easy way or you can give me that bat. We'll just see what happens. <laughs> if the Mariners are hiring, I'll tell you right now, if the Mariners are hiring for this, I'm a plan. 
All right, well, go look I'm it up. I'm in COVID appliance officer for the Seattle Mariners. I'm in. Look it up. My Maybe first order of business, it. I'm suspending Kyle Seeger. Oh, gosh, we don't have enough guys to play. I guess I'll have to suit up. Huh? Right? <laughs> I'll do a better job at the hot corner than Kyle Seeger. I was on the hot corner the other night. I learned one thing at the Salem-Kaiser Volcano Stadium experience, and that's I don't belong on the field anymore. <laughs> I think a lot of us learned that. Uh, yeah. All right, let's wrap this sucker up next. This is the hot corner on the fan. Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Final segment here. Final segment? Already. Where has the time gone? Uh, we're talking baseball, John. That's where the time went. Right? There's things to talk about, and it makes you feel good. <laughs> it is amazing that we've only, we haven't even, we're not even a week into the season. Yeah, we are a week tomorrow. tomorrow yeah, a week tomorrow. Yeah. And, how, like you said earlier, how much I've missed baseball, but how much there is to talk about just with less than a week's worth of games. You selfish baseball jerks. You better not ruin this for us. Follow the guidelines. Right? Wear a mask. The only thing is uh, the last time they had enforcement officers, they were there to enforce the replay room, and uh, they were bought off by certain teams. So, Well, I'm not above being bought off. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the problem. All right? Look, I'm, I'm my, if I get hired by the Mariners to be the COVID compliance officer, this there's a scandal waiting to happen. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. It, it's My price wouldn't even be that high either. No. Tickets and memorabilia. <laughs> it would just be memorabilia. Right? I'd be in a lot of trouble. And season tickets for the rest of your life. Oh, my gosh. That'd be awesome. Well, you wouldn't be able to go to all the games. I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, you work for a living, John. Not you also live a couple hours away. If I'm the compliance officer, I'm moving to Seattle. Yeah, I'll but you're only what. a compliance officer until there's a vaccine, and there's no more compliance after that. Oh, that's true. I'd have to make a really good impression. <laughs> They'd have to. I'd have to carve out some front office time. Yeah, you'd have to be hired on as like special liaison to Scott right. Service or Assi- something. Assistant to the traveling secretary, George Costanza. <laughs> Screw it. Be our team trainer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, take a lap. Hit the showers. <laughs> Call it a night. Good work today, everybody. Hey, John has experience as a high school football coach. He can train some Major League Baseball players. You got that right. <laughs> look at, get in look front at, of the ball. Look at his body. <laughs> it is everything that a trainer needs to have. Right? Although I think that is sometimes true. It's like, who's the guy in the Browns from Hard Knocks? The hut. Oh, yeah. Hut. And his oh, whole the, belly shakes every time he does it. The O-line coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I looked this up out of curiosity in the break. So I guess we're watching the Mariners in here because uh, John is here and I'm not going to turn the game off for him, but uh, Dodgers Astros are in extra innings right now. Everyone is uh, pushing for them to put Joe Kelly in again because he's appealing his suspension. So he's still available. And I decided to check the averages of the Astros hitters. I'm very curious how they play this year without the help of the banging and the buzzing and all, all the various noises that they were getting help from. Uh, Carlos Correa is hitting very well. He's hitting like 430, so good on him, even though he's a douche. Probably on steroids. Uh, Jose Altuve, 179. Uh, Alex Bregman, 179. Sucks. George Springer, 048. Oh, even worse. Uh, he actually got the day off today, came in as a pinch hitter, 0 for 1 with a strikeout. Now, I was thinking this today. And a walk, though. That obviously not having someone smashing a garbage can telling you what pitch is coming, uh, you know, that affects things a little bit, but 
Is there maybe some sort of like mental psyche now with the Astros that they've lost a little bit of just confidence because basically everybody hates them. So now just when they play, they're just unsure of themselves. I don't know if it's because everyone hates them. They're unsure of themselves because they don't know what pitch is coming. (laughs) They relied on it for so long. Seriously. So I think I mentioned this earlier in the show already, but Altuve struck out looking on a fastball down the middle and the Dodgers announcer said it's way harder guessing than knowing. Well, and if you don't know what pitch is coming, it's way harder. Well, right? and earlier, Carlos, you said Carlos Correa said to Joe Kelly, like, throw me your fastball, right? And it's like, yep. maybe he heard a bang and he was expecting a fastball. Hey, why why didn't you throw me the fastball? <laughs> I think I think there's something there, Joe. I really do. I he think, also struck out on a slider, so why would he throw him the fastball? <laughs> right. I, I, I think the mental part of sports is so big and it's not always talked about. I think there's something to that. I really do. I think... You know, not, I mean, I agree with you, Mike, that it's, it's, it's a heck of an advantage to know what's coming, but the confidence that that leads, these guys are good baseball players, right? They didn't get to where they are by cheating their whole career. No, you know, unless your name is Alex Rodriguez. Well, right. So they're, I mean, they're the best in the best. They're some of the best in the world. Altuve is better than a 178 hitter. Springer's better than an 048. I think there is something to this adjustment where they probably relied upon this information and it probably gave them that false sense of confidence. You take that away. And I mean, I've read, I've read interviews before guys that are on steroids and stuff say that it's as much of a mental advantage as it is a physical advantage because you believe that you're going, you're bigger and stronger and faster because you're taking this. I guarantee you those guys Part of this was mental well, and for a, them. And to add to that, too, they've, I mean, I'm sure some of them are worried or like, oh, I wonder if this guy's going to be me. I wonder if this guy's going to sure. throw at me. You know, that's I mean, definitely in their heads. Uh, yeah. Exactly. 100%. So every time they're going up to the plate, that, I mean, their mindset is way different than it's ever been the last few years. Right. Totally agree, Joe. I think that's well said. And I think that's entirely true. And it's not something that uh, I think a lot of people are realizing. Kyle Lewis with another hit. <laughs> He's actually really good, isn't yes, he? Yes, he is. I'm telling you. What's his average so far? Like 400? A million. A million. He's batting a million. First player ever. I'll tell you this right now. It's higher than Springer, Altuve, and Bregman combined. Mm. Well, uh, Correa just had a chance with two on and nobody out in the 13th, down by two to uh, hit a walk-off home run. He grounded into a double play. Not Kyle Lewis. He's four for seven this series, Mike. All right. Well, let me go look up the average here. I'm going to do a quick quick little research. He's hitting... uh, Probably 429 before the hit, so probably like 440. Got that right. Look at that, 440 for Mr. Lewis. Got that right. Your new favorite. Uh, right God, now he is. He's setting you up to be disappointed, isn't I, he? Well, you know. You're going to put him up on that pedestal. He's going to be the best Mariners player in your mind, and then he's going to go no. like one for 30 and just plummet. Mike. And then get traded to the Orioles and have an MVP season. I'll, we'll trade you for that catcher. You got any catching prospects? We don't have any catchers. <laughs> no, not not any that I can think of at the I moment. Got lo- we got lots of good outfielders. Not, not any you want. All right. <laughs> Who wants a guy named Adley? Anyway? Maybe, yeah, what a maybe, weird name. Maybe somebody from the Northwest that would like to play closer to home? I hear mm. he went to this high school called Sherwood. Here it's absolutely terrible. No one, no one would want to go there. All right. If you need a young outfielder, we got plenty. Yeah, for those who don't know, Joe went to Sherwood High School for what? a little bit. So, huh? uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. Kyle Lewis is good, huh? So far. Kyle Lewis and then Evan White, one, two. Uh, of the players that are in the lineup right now, those are the guys that I think are going to be integral parts of the future. So and then nice guy, watch. Tim Lopes. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't like Timmy Lopes? I like that his name is Lopes. Right? Because it looks like Lopez, and it's not. <laughs> and Kyle Seeger's off to a good start, so maybe he can drive one in here. Yeah, well, who cares about Kyle Seeger? No. Not even you care about Kyle Seeger. Not really. Not even you can pretend to care about Kyle Seeger. I traded him to the Diamondbacks in the baseball game. So. <laughs> you got Jake Lamb back. Hey, he's a Husky. It took a lot for me to bring him back. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah. Look at that. I had to have a talk with him. I had a little fake uh, press conference with him where I said, hey. Hashtag not, go Cougs. Yeah, we're not wearing any of that crap in the locker room. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go home and play some more Rockies uh, virtual baseball. I'm what? actually playing the Angels tonight. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. You're going to play the whole series? What are you doing? Uh, and... Maybe make a Twitch account and stream it so they can watch. Yeah, you know how it is. You go to play one game and then you lose. And, and then you play like, another. Oh, I can't. I can't. Oh, look at that. Kyle Seeger comes through. Let's end on a high note right there, Mike. All right. 4 2. Mariners getting some runs in. First and third. One out. Go M's, I guess. Go Mariners. Thanks for having me, Mike. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for the baseball cards. It's always wonderful having you here. We'll bring. We always say we'll bring you back at the All Star break. I don't know. We'll bring you back at some point. We'll come back. And uh, Patrick will be here for that as well. So listen to the podcast if you missed any of it. And we'll see you guys next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.